Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. This is Wednesday, March 28, 2018, and welcome to episode number 96 of the WWS Radio Network's weekly pop culture review show. This is WCWS Outside the Ropes. Once again, I am Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you as we get set, of course, to talk about uh, <clears throat> all the news going, going on out there in the pop culture universe. Of course, like I said, uh, this is away from what our normal discussion is, of course, here at the Radio Network, of course, that being professional wrestling, but, but a little bit of a breather, nothing nothing much, but we all, we all know that, of course. Uh, joining me here to, on the line here tonight, they have a call, as they say, the play-by-play, the Iceman, J.D. Garrity Geronimo, of course, J.D.'s a 2015-17 WWS Hall of Famer, also part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com. Joining, joining myself and JD, of course, is JD's uh, uh, broadcast partner, part of the broadcast team of WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon on Talk Show. Plus, also a, the first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer, he is the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. Let's bring JD and John into what will be a big time here tonight on episode 96 of Outside the Ropes. And by the end of next month, however, we will hit the century mark. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. Uh, of course, four episodes away from that big 100 there, indeed, there, folks. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, we'll, we'll, of course, be doing it in style here, folks. We'll, you never know what we'll, what we'll do here, but, of course, we always do everything here in style, but in, in our own unique way. Say. Of course, here tonight, if you're here to join us for any thoughts and opinions about anything that we discuss here, of course, on our show, including, of course, the Hot Seed Movie Trivia Challenge here tonight, Please feel free to give us a call here, 1724-444-7444, call ID 141-387-POUND, and press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to discuss here tonight here on episode number 96 of Outside the Ropes. <clears throat> and I feel that I need to go ahead and get something off my chest now. I'm sure J.D. and John uh, will, will, before we get started, I'm sure they, they all understand why. But... Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do my very best here, uh, uh, folks, and of course, all, both my guys here understand why I sound the way I do tonight. 
as a lot of folks know that I do discuss this every, not all the time, but once in a while. Today is the today has been five years since I lost a true a treasure, a, a, a most honorable member of my family, uh, someone that I definitely looked up to, someone that you know was a hero slash, as they say, heroine to me. You know what I mean when I say that, of course. Uh, that being my grandmother. Very, uh, for uh, someone of, you know, passed, of course, at the age of 88, of course, in 2013. But she was very energetic. She was very, very uh, uh, soft-spoken, but she was not afraid to voice her opinion on anything. Um she was still able to do a lot of things on her own that folks her age was would not be able to do on her on their own. This lady had a lot of had a lot of unique gifts, and she did share them with uh, here, of course, in, in our community here, and of course, uh, and we got an opportunity to you know share so many great and thoughtful memories. So I ask, ladies and gentlemen, that. Tonight here, of course, on Outside the Ropes, and of course later on Revolution tonight at 9 o'clock, that, uh, forgive me, if, of course, if I do not sound a lot upbeat, that is one reason why. And uh, and thank you very much. Like I said, if anyone's read, my, read anything on my Facebook wall, I did share something from what I posted a couple of years ago. I decided just to use that because when someone makes that much of an impact on you, it makes, I mean, what else can you say? And J.D., of course, you know, not too long ago, he lost a, a hero in his yes. his grandfather. Yep, and he'll be 100, he'll be 100, he'll be 100 in a couple of weeks. He would have been 100, yeah. I should say. Yeah, she was, my grandmother was real close to being 89. Her birthday would have been in May. But, um, but, but at 88 years old, a tremendous treasure. And, uh, excuse me, I'm getting a little choked up here, but, but with that said, uh, like I said, just, just excuse how I sound this evening. And thank you very much. If anyone has anything to say, uh, by all means, I invite you to, to do so, of course. Uh, but truly, uh, she is still missed five years later. There you go. <clears throat> On that note, folks, let's go ahead and do something here. That one thing that she never taught me that she wanted, she always taught me to do was not to quit and give up. And <clears throat> that's what I'm not going to do. A lot of these guys here on in the network know that I'm someone who does not sit by and let something float away. I I don't give up on anything. So that's where it came from. Let's go ahead and get things going here, guys. <clears throat> thank you very much here, and, and thank you, J.D. and John, for allowing me to share that moment. Thank you very much. Um, let's see what we have here in our, uh, our some of our pop culture news, courtesy of our friends at 411 Mania. We do thank 411 Mania for allowing us here in the WWS Radio Network to read 
all their stories here, of course, wrestling or otherwise. Of course, on all of our shows, including here and on Outside the Ropes, of course, Revolution, Wolfpack, Raw Radio, Power Hour, and all of our other shows, indeed. Uh, Joseph, he brings, brings us this story here. As Howard Stern gives advice to his friend Donald Trump, get out of there. Uh, The Hill reports that during a recent episode of his Sirius XM radio show, Howard Stern spoke about what advice he would give his friend, of course, the current president, Donald Trump. Howard Stern said this. Listen to this very carefully, guys. He said, I was watching the news. They said that the president calls his friends and asks advice. He never once called me and asked for advice which kind of got me a little upset. My advice would be, like, get the F out of there, man. Why do you need that for? Go back to Mar-a-Lago and hang. Just give it over to Pence, of course, the vice president. Let him do his thing. This continues Stern's line of thought from last year where he said that the presidency would cause issues for Trump's mental health. He said this at the time. I personally wish that he had never run. I told him that because I actually think this is something that is going to be detrimental to his mental health, too. Because he wants to be liked, he wants to be loved, he wants people to cheer for him. I like Donald very much personally. I was shocked when he decided to run for president, and even more shocked that people took it seriously. I remember saying to him when he announced his presidency, I remember being quite amazed because I remember him being for Hillary Clinton, and I remember him being very, I mean, he was pro-abortion, so the new Donald Trump kind of surprised me. Well, uh... J.D., what do, you, what do you think about this? This, this little bit of turn right here about the, coming from Howard Stern. I think Howard's right. It's time for the president to just, I mean, the, the president just continues to make a mockery of everything and anything. He doesn't care who he offends, how he offends them, and what kind of things. I mean, he's taking bullet after bullet, however, and rightly so, however. I mean, at the same time, however, he's created a lot of controversy. Just how much more do we have to, I mean, hear from the president's big mouth. I mean, the president just continues to put his foot in his mouth over and over and over again, and he just continues to embarrass himself. And with the latest new developments, however, it's just who knows what's going to happen now. John, any take on this? I agree. I think, I mean, I mean I'm sure if anybody, if anybody has given any sound advice to President Trump in recent memory, I think Howard Stern probably kind of hit the nail right on the head, in my own personal opinion. So. Yep. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, let's see what we have here. Uh, another story here. Uh, uh, this story came out yesterday from Joseph Lee, but I'm on, uh, I did see it, but I didn't get a chance. I didn't read it, but I figured anyone would like to take a listen to it. NBA and U- Joseph Lee likes to bring the broad of this story yesterday. Uh, NBA and YouTube TV announced partnership for the NBA Finals. USA Today reports that the NBA is teaming up with YouTube TV to present the NBA Finals along with the finals of the WNBA and the G League. The partnership will take over several years. Will take place over several years. The joint logo, the finals presented by YouTube TV in quotation marks, will be included on all games, including on the court. YouTube TV will have a major presence on the NBA's digital and social media platforms. The finals begin on May 31st and air on ABC for the 16th year in a row. They will also be available on YouTube TV, which is available in most top markets in over 85% of the U.S. The finals between the Golden State Warriors and Cleveland Cavaliers last year was the most watched since 1998. In 2005, the NBA was the first pro sports league to partner with YouTube and launch its own channel, 
bringing in 4.6 billion views. NBA Senior Vice President of Global Media and Business Development, Dan Rosamoto, said this, We're a league that always wants to look for new and different ways to innovate the fan experience when people are viewing these games, and YouTube TV is an innovative yeah, platform. They've been an innovator for us since 2005, and we've had a long partnership together. This is just a natural extension of that. Let's see, after, uh, Global Head of YouTube TV and Originals Marketing, Angela Corton, said this, the NBA has one of the strongest fan bases. They've always been an innovative brand. They were the first league to partner with us at YouTube. They clearly see the value in our audience. When we sat down to think about what this could be, it was beyond just the finals. For us, it was really looking at our users and understanding that sports is a key pillar for them and how do we partner with the best brands in the business, NBA being one of them, if not the best. J.D., what do you think about this partnership? Can it work? Will it work? It seems like it did last year. Let's see what they do this year. John, your take here? Yep. Can it work? Will it work is the big question. We'll have to definitely wait and see what happens with that. Uh, and let's see, one more. Uh, we brought something similar to this the other night, the other day, uh, but I'm going to bring it up here again. This is kind of a connection to a story that we did, I think, last week. I'm not sure, but... Anyway, Joseph Lee brings us this story here. It comes in today. As Donald Glover leaks the script for the now-canceled Deadpool series. As was previously reported on 411 Mania, FXX has canceled production on an animated Deadpool series that will feature Donald Glover as the executive producer and writer. Now in a series of posts on Twitter, Glover leaked the script for the finale and noted that he was not too busy to work on the series. Here's the entire thread of everything he said. Uh, Chad, yeah. Neil just told me he's on the chat box. Okay. Uh, thank you, Neil. Uh, um, um, and he's got something to say about that last story we did, and I will report that in just one second. Thank you, John, for letting me know about that. And this is this is uh, what Donald Glover said on Twitter pretty much all, all day long here today, at Donald Glover. First off, he said, for the record, I wasn't too busy to work on Deadpool. There's a couple of pictures on his Twitter account about this. Actually, there's a bunch of pictures on, on his Twitter account um, on this. So, uh, let's see. That's that's, pre- that's pretty much all he had to say on there. The, but most of it is uh, if, you, if, if anyone has Twitter, they can go and look at these pictures. Like I said, his handle is at Donald Glover. I'll take a look at this. Uh, J.D., why do you think that even though they decided not to air this, why in the world do you think he would now all of a sudden just want to Put word out about the script. Uh, I think the, he was desperate because he hasn't been uh, in, in anything big for a while, and maybe they were just trying to get attention early on. I don't know. I think it was ridiculous though that they would try something. I mean, he would try something like this. I mean, to do now, I just I don't get that at all. Certainly, uh, John, your take here. I agree with that. And I'll and one quick wrestling story, and I'm gonna turn things over to JD. And let him get some stuff in. This is one I actually looked at, and I said I got to talk about this. I think I'm sure this, JD and John, if y'all heard about this already. This is of course a little wrestling tidbit that we do on outside the ropes every so often. Our good friend Emmy Sitch, of course, we all know her as Sunny, and extradited to Pennsylvania for a parole uh, revocation hearing. Ooh, Tammy Sitch has been extradited to Pennsylvania to face a judge who may revoke her parole. 
PW Insider reports that Sitch was transferred from New Jersey's Monmouth Correctional Facility to Pennsylvania authorities on Wednesday and will face the judge in her 2015 DUI arrest, among other charges. The site notes that according to Pennsylvania court records, Sitch could be facing up to five years in prison along with additional penalties for violating her parole. The WWE Hall of Fame was taken into custody in New Jersey at the end of February after failing to appear in court on two separate DUI charges from earlier this year. While she was being processed for those charges, New Jersey authorities learned that she was a fugitive from Pennsylvania due to a motion that was filed in August of 2017 asking that her parole on the 2015 DUI charges be revoked. Sitch has been jailed for five months in late 2016 for violating probation regarding the consumption of alcohol and other provisions and was on and was par, was on parole in February of 2017. She was ordered to report to an inpatient drug rehab facility and was told she would have a zero tolerance threshold for possession or consumption of alcohol and or non-prescribed medication. The court filed a motion to revoke Sitch's parole in August of that year. Uh, uh, more trouble here. More cloudy days for Sunny JD. Indeed, I mean, just I mean. I mean, we said she was, I mean, clean and sober, or at least try to get clean and sober. How, how many times? I mean, they keep just giving her chance after chance after chance. How it's just enough is enough. And Neil did say about the YouTube story, before I get John's opinion on this, he said that, of course, the YouTube TV is a new thing. He's not sure how it works, but he believes that NBA and YouTube TV partnering together is a cool idea. Okay, there you go. And there's my there's my uh, stories here for the for the night here. Of course, before we get to of course our movie trivia challenge, let's get JD in here on a few little stories here he's got here uh, from his sources as well. JD, go ahead and take it away, please. All right, and we have first off the box office report. And for the first time in six weeks, Howard Black Panther was not your number one movie this week. Instead, Pacific Rim Uprising, however, on a budget of $150 million, took the number one spot with $28.1 million. However, that doesn't mean Black Panther didn't disappoint. It finished number two, however, and dropped the spot with $17 more million. So far in six weeks, it has made a record $61.3 million. I can only imagine, however, took third, however, with $13.6 million, and in two weeks now has made over $38 million on a budget of $7 million. Sherlock Gnomes, of course, on a budget of $59 million, finished fourth with $10.6 million. And Tomb Raider, in the second week on a budget of $94 million, has already grossed $41.4 million total, and it dropped three spots to fifth with $10.1 million. I'll be right back with more news in just a second. Okay, while J.D. steps away, I'll do the number myself. I'm sorry for doing this, but I'll do it myself here. <laughs> One seven two four 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 seven four 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 one four one three eight seven pounds. And yes, this is outside the ropes. And also, we can confirm that tomorrow the Nats game has been postponed due that the Nats opening game has been postponed due I'm back. to. Right, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Okay, now movies coming out this week include the following. Ty Sheridan and Olivia Cook are in Steven Spielberg's new movie, Ready Player One. Tyler Perry stars with directing Tajri P. Henson, best known for her role as Cookie, on the show, however, mind you, however, Empire, which returns tonight, however. Uh, also, uh, what the heck is his name? The one who plays Lucius. I can't remember. Uh, 
Uh, but anyway, Empire Returns tonight. Anyway, basically, however, Tarsby P. Henson, who was best known for her role earlier this year in Proud Mary Hour, comes out with the thriller Acrimony. Of course, next week, the big one to watch out for next week, obviously, will be Sean Cena's new movie, which we'll talk about next week. Meanwhile, speaking of which, however, ladies and gentlemen, however, some basketball news to report. However, college basketball is where we're going to talk about. First off, earlier today, Miles Bridges, however, the sophomore from Michigan State, however, announced that he will turn pro two years early while uh, Duke superstar Bagley uh, – what the heck's his name? I just saw it. Uh, Bagley Jr., however, uh, will be turning pro three years early, if you will, as he's coming out after his freshman year. Meanwhile, however, according to reports, however, in football, however, mind you, we'll talk about him in just a second, the Giants have asked for two first-round picks in return for Odell Beckham Jr., according to a league source telling ESPN's Adam Schefter. In addition to that, earlier today, however, the Cleveland Browns once again were making some noise, however, mind you, however, and they traded uh, their veteran quarterback, Cody Kessler, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. In exchange, however, they got, however, mind you, however, a conditional 2019 seventh-round draft pick for next year. Meanwhile, Johnny Manziel continues to work out with proteins with NFL scouts, and there is talk he might be making a return to the NFL scene, possibly. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of, um, I guess it here. Yes, Duke freshman, however, uh, let's see. Marvin Bagley III, that's his name, I couldn't remember, is entering the draft. In fact, however, he said the following on his Instagram account earlier today. I can't believe the time has come for me to say this, but I would like to announce that I will be declaring for the 2018 draft. First off, I want to thank Jesus for putting me here and allowing me to show my gifts that he has given me. I want to thank my family and everyone that has been in my corner since day one. The support has been a lot to me. I also want to thank those who have doubted me and continue to doubt me. It only pushes me to get better every single day. I learned a lot this year on and off the court, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. Thank you, Coach K and Duke. Much love, Marvin Bagley III. Meanwhile, however, in other news, however, Chris Mack, however, former Xavier coach, however, signed a seven-year, $4 million contract with the Louisville Cardinals after being named to the position after spending the past nine seasons at Xavier earlier today, however. Mack got hired yesterday. Meanwhile, speaking of Duke, however, Jeff Capel, however, has signed a three-year, $7 million seven years for $3 million a year, however, to coach the University of Pittsburgh as the Pittsburgh Panthers basketball team announced his hire earlier this afternoon, however, here in Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, two of the semifinal games will be going on the Final Four this week in San Antonio, and here are the following teams. It will be Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers taking on Michigan at 6 o'clock, however, in the first game, while Villanova and Kansas close out the other semifinal game at the Alamo Dome. Of course, the championship game will be coming up Monday night, however. And for you baseball fans, however, it is going to be opening day tomorrow, hopefully with the weather staying dry, even though we have our first rain out of the season between John's Nationals and the Cincinnati Reds, and also my boys might be rained out in Detroit against the Tigers. But fear not, people. we got a quadruple header lined up for you on ESPN starting at 12.30. First off, it will be the Chicago Cubs taking on the Miami Marlins, followed by the defending champion Astros and Justin Verlander taking on Cole Hamels in Texas. At 7 o'clock, it will be a big showdown between San Francisco and L.A. And at 10 o'clock, to wrap up the night, it will be Cleveland at Seattle. Oh, my goodness. And I will be right back. Okay, J.D., thank you very much, sir, for your for your, uh, for your story today. John, thank you very much for the plug there, sir. I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
I was on, by the way, but I I didn't see anything. I was gonna let you I'm gonna let you shine tonight, but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna let John shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Sorry about oh. I'm sorry about that. Oh no no no! I I enjoyed no, no I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, let's uh, while we wait for JD to return, uh, just a little program reminder. Of course, coming up at eight o'clock. Uh, 139-925 pound, of course, will be WWS Wrestling Debate. Join the NWO Madness Kingdom as they talk about the last... Oh, Christmas. and uh, we do have one breaking news story that just came whoa, in. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. Uh, excuse me there. Go ahead, J.D. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, we have, are happy to report, however, as of late last night, early this morning, even though we don't like this man, we do want to say congratulations to Mike the Miz Mizan, his beautiful wife, Maurice, who had a baby girl last night. The first time is in, however, came into the world shortly before midnight last night, however. So congratulations to the Miz and Maurice, however, as she came a little about a week early, however, if you will. So definitely much congrats to both of them, and best of luck to them and their new child, however, if you will. In addition to that, however, we also have heard how one other thing at the ROH Supercard of Honor lineup, if you will, and now there will be a ladder match involved, too, if you will. Here's the card right now going into that uh, show that will be held a week from Saturday night. Kenny Omega versus Cody Rhodes. Dolan Castle versus Martin Scroll, Punishment Martinez versus Tomohiro Ishii. Kenny King versus Silas Young in a street fight for the ROH TV title. Uh, Kota Ayabushi versus Adam Page. The semifinals and finals of the Women of Honor title tournament. Dolan Castle versus Martin Squirrel for the ROH title. And Jay, Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Jay Lethal for the ROH tag titles. And Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky versus the Young Bucks and Flip Gordon in a ladder match for the ROH six-man tag titles. But the big story, of course, again, ladies and gentlemen, as we just mentioned, again, congratulations to the Miz and his lovely wife, Howard, who had a baby girl last night. And speaking of WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, get WrestleMania week start off with a bang. No pun intended. This Monday, ladies and gentlemen, on Raw Radio. Join John, myself, Nell, the Human Suplex Machine, the Heartbreak Kid, of course, and the Rousting. We will take you into things that you will never believe. However, we will also weigh in with, of course, our early predictions, of course, for the big championship ball game going on Monday night in the Alamo Dome. We'll have our takeover and WrestleMania predictions. We might have some bets. You never know. We'll also be talking about the upcoming Masters Golf Tournament, if you will, which is coming up next week. And, of course, that'll begin, of course, a week from tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, at the famed Augusta National Country Club down there in Augusta, Georgia. I am back with you. I am back with you there, guys. And I'm sure you did not hear, but I did repeat, and I, I will say it again on the news tonight, however, obviously. We can now say The Miz and his significant other had a baby girl last night, and Rose Sky, they named her. All right. Born fully before me, and I took congrats to both of them. And he did come to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads the question now. I mean, I mean, she was supposed to be due next week. That's the thing. She came a week early. So that leads the question now. I mean, if we thought he wasn't going to compete at WrestleMania, well, now it looks like he might be able to. Maybe, maybe not. We still don't know if he's going to be competing there or not. I mean, considering now, I mean, we'll talk about it obviously on uh, Revolution tonight about one of the matches that has been changed up and another match has been listed as well. What is it? We'll tell you about it. Okay. Well, they'll be, we're looking forward to that. And by the way, 
I did hear something about that too, JD. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did hear that uh, the Miz and Maurice's new baby came came out of the womb. She, she said, "Awesome." <laughs> 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 yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm no In all honesty, as much as we rag on that man, and we really rip apart that man, we definitely got to take him out the ball. The world is yeah, ours. We, we, we didn't rip him, a, rip him a big one there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, all right. Good to see. So, congrats to you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead, guys. Let's get things rock and rolling. I do have, of course, a courtesy of polls.amctv.com. I do have a super movie quiz up and going here tonight. All 23 right. questions here, of course, different. Uh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, I got uh, JD, uh, John, and Bill on. Uh, everybody will each get. will, will each answer uh, each answer a question. Not, right. I mean, not just everybody will do one. I mean, I'm talking about JD. You'll do this one, That's and fine. John, John, you'll be next, and then Neil, you'll be next. So, okay. All right, JD, you're the you're the, you're, you're um, first one. Let's go ahead and see what we got. All right. Which <laughs> first question? Which classic Western film was famous for John Wayne repeated quote That'll be the day. Was it Rio Bravo? She wore a yellow ribbon. The man who shot Liberty Valance or The Searchers? I'm gonna say The Searchers on this one. Searchers. And you're right. It is The Searchers. And director John Ford's classic western The Circus in 1956, John Wayne playing the character Ethan Edwards repeatedly said, that'll be the day. Well, I've been watching the heck out of Rio Bravo and El Dorado here recently, man. That's been too great. They've been playing True Grit and Chisholm on PCM, too, along with, uh, there was another one, they put Rooster Cogburn the other day, too. Yeah, um, I've recorded some off of Direct TV around Christmas time, and I still have them. I actually, I have three of his movies. I've got Rio Bravo, I've got El Dorado, and I've got The Sons of T.D. Elder. Great yeah. movies. Sons of T.D. Elder is a good one. Yep, I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, yes. John, you're up next, sir. Here you go. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. Okay, this is more. This is a little bit more recent there, John. You might have an idea about this. In the film I Am Legend from 2007... What was the name of the dog owned by virus epidemic New York City survivor Robert Neville, who was played by Will Smith in the year 2012? Oh, I'm trying to give you the choices. I'm sorry about that. Was it Lucky, Oliver, Samantha, or Thor? Uh, Oliver. You're saying Oliver. Oliver closed off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's actually Samantha, believe it or not. Oh. The pet German Shepherd of uh, Will Smith's character in I Am Legend was named Samantha or Sam. Okay. Uh, Neil, you're up next, my man. Listen, uh, listen up. Listen very carefully here, sir. Who was the most recent actor to direct himself to a Best Actor Oscar nomination? Was it Billy Bob Thornton, Clint Eastwood? Ed Harris or Roberto Benini? Let's see if he. I'm up. Let's see if he. And by the way, guys, I, and John Kerr, of course, was a witness to this. Uh, 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 Neil and Fonzie gave a real huge performance. Uh, 
match. Yeah, last I, night. I talked to both of them today. They said it was a great match. I haven't gone back to listen yet, and I heard it was another. It was just like mine and Ann's match, though. Yes, and of course tonight Fonzie will take. Well, Fonzie will. Def- I'm sorry, Ann will defend her NWA US World Title. Fonzie will get a shot at it. So uh, it's going to be a good one. Yes, it is. And he is going with. Oh, I see what it says. He is going with Ed Harris. Okay. Uh, the answer, actually, Neil, the answer was Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood was the most recent actor to direct himself to a Best Actor nomination for his role in Million Dollar Baby from 04. Hmm. That's a pretty good movie. I saw a little bit of that. J.D., you're up next. Sir. All right. What was, the, what was the first foreign language film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Was it The Grand Illusion, Rashomon, the Battle of Algiers or the Bicycle Thief? The Battle of Algiers. Okay. And actually, it was the Grand Illusion. A French film in 1938 was the first non English foreign language film to receive a Best Picture Oscar nomination. A good guess. Very good guess. Don, uh, here's your question What was the first? What was the first non-American or foreign film to be nominated for Best Picture? Was it Grand Illusion, Hamlet, The Private Life of Henry VIII, or The 39 Steps? The 39 Steps. The answer is actually The Private Life of Henry VIII. Uh, 1932-33 was the first non-American or foreign film to be nominated for Best Picture. And there's two nominations that only won Best Actor. Uh, Charles Walton was in that movie. Okay. Neil, here's your question, sir. Of the following four films, what was the first film that was directed by a female to be nominated for Best Picture? Was it Children of a Lesser God, Seven Beauties, The Piano, or When, or when Harry Met J.D.? I mean, Harry Met Sally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh boy. I had to get you on that, JD. Yep. I need a little bit of a laugh anyway. No problem. No problem. (laughs) Yeah. And Anil says Seven Beauties. See, the answer is actually it was Children of the Lesser God. Believe it or not, Randa Raines directed Children of the Lesser God from 1986, the first Best Picture nominee directed by a female director. However, Reigns wasn't nominated in the Best Director category, believe it or not. <laughs> JD, you're back up. You're up next. All right. What was the most recent Best Picture winning film to receive Oscar nominations in all four acting categories? Was it From Here to Eternity, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Reds, or Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Reds. Say Reds? Okay. And this is Reds, not Red, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. It's actually from here to eternity, believe it or not, from 1953. Hmm. Uh, they uh, won all four acting category nominations. There have been quite a few other Best Picture nominated films with Oscar nominees in all four acting categories as well. Hmm. But this was the this was the most recent one, apparently, from a long time ago. Uh, <clears throat> uh, John, here's yours. What was the first, in quotation marks, pure horror film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Was it Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1931-32, 
Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from 1941, Rosemary's Baby from 1968, or The Exorcist from 1973? The Exorcist from 1973. Okay. And you're, whoa, not bad, John. That is right. The first horror film to the Best Picture nomination. The first horror film to win Best Picture, believe it or not, was Silence of the Lambs in 1991. I like, it tastes like chicken. Okay, crap. <laughs> uh, Neil, what film has the all-time highest grossing, um, and this is domestic, opening weekend at the box office during the summer? Is it The Dark Knight, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, Shrek the Third, or Spider-Man 3? Yeah, that's okay, Neil. That, that's quite all right. So you, that, that, that's that's how Waldo's having fun doing these anyway. And and Neil says the Dark Knight, and the answer is, and Neil's right. It was the Dark Knight. The comic book superhero film The Dark Knight from '08 had an opening weekend of 158.4 million in mid July of '08, an all-time domestic record. In order, the next top, the, the next three top earners were Spider-Man three in '07, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest in '06. And Shrek the Third in 07. Very good guess indeed. Uh, okay, JD, you're back up here. Let's see. All right. What is the highest grossing film at the at the at the domestic box office? Excuse me. By a female director, is it Anne Fletcher for The Proposal, Betty Thomas for Alvin and the Chipmunks to Squeakle, Catherine Hardwick for Twi- uh, Twilight? Or Nancy Myers for What Women Want? I'm going to say Twilight. Say Twilight, okay. The answer is, actually, believe it or not, it was Alvin and the Chipmunks, the sequel. Hmm. Betty Thomas is the most successful female director at the domestic box office for her, for her holiday hit, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the sequel from 2009. It was the first female director film to gross more than $200 million, which was at $218 million in mid-March of 2010. Whoa. Okay. John, you're up next, sir. For which, okay. For which film did actor Robert De Niro win his first Oscar? Was it The Deer Hunter, The Godfather Part Two, Raging Bull, or Taxi Driver? I'll say Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver, okay. And the answer is actually The Godfather Part Two. When his first Oscar was the best supporting actor, it was his sole nomination and win in the category. Of course, this came out in 1974. He was also nominated five other times for Best Actor from 76 and 91, and only won one other time, and that was in for Raging Bull in 1980. Anil, here you go. Here's your question. In which film did actor Sean Connery make his last official Green appearance as James Bond. Was it Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, Never Say Never Again, or You Only Live Twice? Or Sean Carmen, the best Bond, in my personal opinion. Yep. And the one a lot of people say he really sucked the most was Roger Moore. <laughs> But, I thought Timothy hey. Hutton wasn't that great. Who was it? Timothy Hutton. I mean, Timothy Dalton? 
Yeah, Tootsie don't fight, yeah. Well, he only did two of them, though, right? Yeah, I think because he had issues with management, yeah. Yeah, Life is a Kill and uh, The Living Daylights. Right. Yeah. Anil said, never say never again. And the answer is, actually, Diamonds Are Forever was his last official one. Connery's last official screen appearance as James Bond was in his sixth film, although the seventh in the series, Diamonds Are Forever from 1971. Connery also appeared one more time in the unofficial Bond film, Never Say Never Again, from 1983. Huh. I did not know. Wow. Okay. Uh, John, here's yours. I'm sorry. Who was it next? Uh, J.D. 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 I'm sorry. My apologies. What was the... J.D., what was the earliest hit comedy feature film in which producer Judd Apatow, that's why I can pronounce that, yeah, served, as, served as both the director and screenwriter? Was it The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Knocked Up, or Superbad? I'm going to say Anchorman. Anchorman? The answer is, actually it was The 40-Year-Old Virgin. He was director and co-screenwriter with uh, Steve Carell of The 40-Year-Old Virgin. He only produced Anchorman in 04 and Superbad in 07. He was also the writer and director of Knocked Up in 07. And I think he's part of that new movie, Blockers, coming out next week. And I already told John I'm planning to see it on Saturday. I feel like next Saturday I thought you know how it is. Oh, the one with uh, Cena in it? Yeah, it looks funny as hell. Oh, it, it, it does. I've seen a little bit of that. I've I noticed that. Uh, the, the the trailer was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, uh, John, here's yours. I get those Jays confused, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, who was the youngest actor, John, to portray the James Bond character at the time of of, the, of filming? Was it Daniel Craig, George Lazenby, Sean Connery, or Timothy Dalton? Sean Connery. You say he was the youngest one. Okay, the answer is... Actually, it was George Lazenby, believe it or not. He was only 29 when he, during the filming of his only Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service in 1969. The next three youngest, Sean Connery will have been the set next, next to uh, youngest at 31, Daniel Craig at 38, and Timothy Dalton was 40 when he started doing it. Huh. My goodness. Uh, Neil, here's your question. In what year was the Academy Awards show first televised? 
and also, of course, the NWA US World Heavyweight Championship match as the last kicker, Emory Rickenbach, will defend that belt against a Heartbreak Kid Fonzie in a Wrestling Jeopardy trivia match. So, 138055 panel for Revolution uh, coming up here tonight from 9 to 11 p.m. Uh, Anil, did you have a guess, sir? I'll repeat the question if you need me to here. Uh, in what year was the Academy Award show first televised? 1951, 1952, 1953, or 1954? Forgive me, guys, for a little bit of delay here. We're waiting on, of course. Excuse me, the Rouse Link and Neil Patel to give us his uh, answer here to this uh, question.
which American Idol participant was also an Oscar winner? Was it Carrie Underwear? I mean, Underwood? Sorry. <laughs> uh, Fantasia Barino, Jennifer Hudson, or Kelly Clarkson? I joke around with Carrie Underwood's name all the time too much. Yeah, I always do the same thing too. Yeah, I mean, of course, there's only one person gets to see Carrie is underwear. <laughs> this question's for you and Neil to make it because we didn't get a chance to. We didn't get. I didn't get a chance to. Uh, we didn't That's hear you response. Oh, you had to step. Okay, he had to. He did have to step away. Yes. Uh, Neil, I'll repeat that question here for you. Which American Idol participant was an Oscar winner? Was it Carrie Underwood, Fantasia Barino, Jennifer Hudson, or Kelly Clarkson? And he says Kelly Clarkson. Okay. It's actually, Neil, was actually Jennifer Hudson. Uh, 2004 American Idol finalist Jennifer Hudson was nominated and won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her debut screen performance in Dreamgirls from 06. Okay. J.D., you're back on. Uh, Who was the first and only actress to win both the Razzie Award for Worst Actress and the Oscar for Best Actress in the same year? Was it Demi Moore, Lindsay Lohan, Sandra Bullock, or Whoopi Goldberg? Lindsay Lohan. Actually, it was Sandra Bullock, believe it or not. Um, she won the Razzie Awards for Worst Actress and Worst Screen Couple that she shared with Bradley Cooper for her role in the Worst Picture-nominated flop All About Steve from 2009. She also won the Best Actress Oscar for her, her first nomination and win for her role in The Blind Side of that year, which is, of course, as you know, the, the story of... Uh, Oh, what was his name? Michael uh, Orr. Who was it? Michael Orr. Michael Orr? Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I, 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 my apologies, AD, for bringing up a little bit there. My apologies. Okay. Uh, John, uh, here's yours. Who was the first actress to win the Best Supporting Actress Academy Award twice? Was it Diane Weist, Helen Hayes, Maggie Smith, or Shelley Winters? Shelly Richards. Okay, Shelly Winters. And j- nice guess, John, and you're right. There are only two actresses with two Best Supporting Actress Oscars, Shelly Winters and Diane Weist. Winters was the first, though, with two Supporting Actress wins for The Diary of Anne Frank in 59 and A Patch of Blue in 65. Okay. Okay, there, but good, great guess, uh, John. Very good. Uh, Neil, here's your question, sir. What was the only film for which John Wayne won a Best Actor Oscar Academy Award? Was it The Alamo, Red River, Sands of Iwo Jima, or True Grit? And you say Red River. The answer is... Actually... But it was, it was True Grit. John Wayne was nominated only two times for Best Actor and won once for True Grit in 1969 
He was also nominated for Sands of Iwo Jima from 1949. So great guest there, Neil. Very good guest. Uh, do you're up next. All right. What was the only film for which Humphrey Bogart won a Best Actor Oscar Academy Award? Was it The African Queen, The Cane Mutiny, Casablanca, or The Treasure of the Sierra Madre? The African Queen. Queen. And the answer is, yep. Humphrey Bogart was nominated three times for Best Actor and won only one time for The African Queen from 1950. Uh, John, here is yours. Another James Bond question. Okay. Um, what was the only Bond film with a major sequence filmed in black and white? Was it Casino Royale, Die Another Day, Quantum of Solace, or The World Is Not Enough? Die Another Day. Okay, Die Another Day. The answer is, actually, it was Casino Royale. Oh. Which was, which was, which was the first film with Daniel Craig as James Bond. Began with a stylized black and white sequence to show how Bond earned his double O license to kill. Okay. And we may be on the last one here for, uh, and Neil will get that question right here. Uh, uh, Neil, here's your question. Who is the first African American James Bond girl character and in which film? Was it Jinx and Die Another Day, May Day and A View to a Kill, Rosie Carver and Live and Let Die? Or Xena on a top in Goldeneye. Said you say uh, in gold. You say Goldeneye. Okay. The answer is actually it was Rosie Carver from Live and Let Die. The character Rosie Carver, who was played by Gloria Hendry, was the first black Bond girl in Living Let Dive in 1973. She was also portrayed as an incompetent CIA double agent. And here are the results here, guys. All did very well. Um, 7 out of 23 answered correctly. So very good. Very good indeed. Uh, gentlemen, anything else you wish to add? Nope. Nope. Okay, John, anything else to uh, All right, well, I'm going to get off, guys, and I'll talk to you okay. later on okay. debate. Okay. okay, we'll see you here in a bit. I'll be right there, Keith. Sorry about that. On that note here, folks, we thank you all for... So we thank you very much for joining us for episode number 96 of WWS Outside the Ropes. Uh, for the Iceman, Jared D. Geronimo, the human suplex machine, John Gross, and the Ross Lincoln Nipotal. This is Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw saying thank you very much. And we'll be joining you here in about 20 minutes for WWS Wrestling Debate. <clears throat> Take care and God bless everyone. Have a good evening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.